We so often wait until a scary diagnosis to take our health seriously, but research shows us that at least 80% of chronic diseases can be prevented by lifestyle choices. The Holistic Health Summit was designed to empower you to take control of your health, whether it be in recovery from disease or in preventing it. Our lineup of world-class health experts will leave you with a plan and resources to help you and your family prevent disease and live a life of vitality. For more details, check out Achieve Wellness Clinic on Instagram and join us in Kissimmee, Florida on March 27th for the Holistic Health Summit. I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Hello everybody and welcome to Designed to Heal. I have a very special guest and a friend with me today and I'm excited for you to meet. This is gonna be a, a different kind of show, um, a unique show. We bring in, of course, uh, you know, doctors and we bring in researchers and PhDs and authors and all of that, and those are important, but also, there's a part about, um, I think, healing. There's a part about health. There's a part about our walk with in our faith that sometimes we got to get out of the like out of the ivory tower stuff, out of the textbooks, out of the and get into like the the real stuff, right? Real life, nitty gritty. What does this thing look like? Walking this out, walking this out with the family. And so I have a, a friend and a brother with us today, and his name is. Robert Engie, right? Dr. Robert. I'm, and I call everybody doctor, so you're going to be honorary doctor today, all right? I appreciate that. But um, I've known you now for a bit. We, we got connected through a ministry scenario. Um, you work in evangelism, and I'm, I'll let you, Rob, I'll let you actually talk about yourself a little bit, but I want people to know how, how we met. We contacted each other, and um, you were working with an evangelist and with a church, and you were looking for somebody that could provide some you know, holistic health care to evangelists when they were in town, missionaries. So I, a friend of mine saw it, said, hey, you should reach out, and, you know, because our office certainly offers to do that. So we talked, and I was like, I remember getting off the phone with you, and I was like, dude, that guy's either like the most amazing guy or he's crazy. I know, and the jury, <laughs> the jury was out. But now after knowing you for however long it's been and taking care of you and your family and, and just watching you, um, it's really been awesome to get to know you and your family and the work that you do. So it's fascinating to me. I think you've lived a unique journey, but you're also very humble about it. And uh, I just want my listeners to meet you, but also you've been through some stuff. So, and so have a lot of people, right? I don't mean that you've been through more than most, but yeah. I want people to learn from you because of your transparency and your experiences of walking with the Lord and things like that. So Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. And it's an honor to be on. thank you for the coffee that you brought me. Always. Right? You got a special guest here. Your wife is in the I room with do. us. She's my biggest <laughs> fan, my number one supporter, she, she, my well, ride or die, my beautiful she, wife, Megan. Yep. Most I, I saw her shaking her head, number one fan. I saw that that part. Everything else, <laughs> I think she agreed with, but uh, no. And and Megan could be on this show just as easily. She's a she's you know uh, an amazing person as well with yeah. all the things that she does with you know, you guys. So tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy. For sure. First and foremost, let's just put it on record that this is the first sit down face-to-face -face podcast that I've ever done. Beautiful. So I'm honored. You should feel, you should feel honored. Okay. But, uh, but I'm also nervous. All right. It'll be fine. And I'm, I'm usually not, not that 
kind of guy, but okay. you, you got me on my toes today. It'll be no, fun. No script, no format, no questions. I'm a man of preparation, but we're just gonna we're gonna go for it. But Robert, here's and I want to jump into this just for a second. I'm teasing you because here's the irony: you're a guy that travels the globe doing crusades in the middle of you know Africa and places where sometimes nobody's been in third world countries that flies by the seat of his pants almost constantly, not because, just because of the nature of the work, yeah. yet, you know, you're intimidated by doing a podcast. I always laugh about that when I, sometimes I meet people that do things like that and then they're like afraid to like speak. I'm like, what's your yeah. deal? You do all this other crazy stuff, so. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the irony is I'm more comfortable in those kinds of environments mm. than this, mm. you know? So yeah, so just a little bit about myself. I, I grew up in upstate New York. I, I am not a native of Florida. Um, we actually just moved here eight years ago for for the current role that I I am in, which yeah. is the executive assistant to evangelist Daniel Kalenda, He's the president and CEO of the Ministry of Christ for All Nations. And so, um, yeah, the work that we do do is evangelistic. We do uh, mass gospel crusades on the continent of Africa, but it is Christ for All Nations. So we have. 14 offices globally on every inhabited continent. Um, the ministry was founded in 1974 by a missionary evangelist by the name of Reinhard Bonnke. And, um, and you know, he had a, a vision, uh, a dream actually, um, four consecutive nights of a row, in a row, of the continent of Africa being washed in the blood of Jesus from south to north, west to east and he heard the holy spirit saying africa shall be saved and so that's really where the ministry of christ for all nations was was launched and birthed and since then the ministry has seen 85 million documented decisions and so you know you know there's a there's a phrase that uh they're speaking evangelistically okay and you know sometimes oh. evangelists can exaggerate chiropractors have this problem too so <laughs> we, we we know it's like fishermen maybe chiropractors exactly. evangelists yeah, okay yeah, telling the it's bigger story. every year but That's these right. are but these are real numbers I, i've been around your ministry long enough to know you guys are not uh uh, frivolous about this, or you don't, For sure. you, you take it very, very serious. Matter of fact, probably to some people, it's annoyingly serious. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember you guys, when you get, when you give reports, you won't even report if you don't have the count, you Facts. won't even talk about it. Right. That's and, right. um, and so I, I know enough people that even just work in that ministry. And I, I also know enough other evangelists. And then I, and I mean, I, I love anybody that's sharing the gospel, but yeah. that really don't care about that. those numbers at all. They're like, there was a hundred thousand people there. It was great. Hallelujah. Yeah. I don't care. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't mean it like that, but so, but I, I just say that you guys do run a very tight ship. Um, you know, right. It's not a, it's, it's For very sure. serious how you guys do this. Well, and when you have a ministry that was founded by a German you know, that, that also, that, that, that plays so a factor. That's ethos is built sure. into that? Yeah. Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke used to say that exaggeration is just another form of lying. Mm. And so when we say 85 million documented decisions, these are people that have come to one of our gospel campaigns. They've heard a crystal clear gospel message. They have received a gospel tract. Essentially, we have these books that are that Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke wrote. They're called Now That You Are Saved. Okay. And so we literally have thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of counselors that are spread out all throughout the field. And we work hand in hand with the local church. 
we are an evangelistic ministry that believes in the local church, partnering yeah. with the local church. So we will spend sometimes up to a year or more mm. working with local churches, partnering with these churches, and we work with the people in those churches who volunteer in different aspects of the plannings and preparations. But one of those is the ushers, and the ushers, when after the gospel is preached, will say, who wants to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior? They'll raise their hand. Our ushers will find these individuals. Mm. They open up the booklet, and in the last page of the booklet, there's a a part where you fill out your name, your address, your information, and you check a box and you say, yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so they tear that part out. Our ushers collect that. We then take that information. and It's one of the most incredible follow-up systems mm. on the planet. I've never, I've never heard or seen another one like it. And so we take that information, we input it into the database, and we have the, a database of all these local churches, and so we pair them up. So now the, techno the, the technology's advanced so much where almost by the time they go home, that night from the crusade they're receiving a welcome message from evangelist kalenda saying that we want to welcome you to the family of god and we want to tell you of a local church near mm. your village or your town that you can go to and if you bring your booklet and you come on sunday morning you will be a vip so then this way when the when the when the new converts come to the churches yeah. on sunday morning they know who's been to the crusade and who are the new converts and want to be discipled because jesus didn't say go and make new converts he said <laughs> go and make disciples and so that's our that's really our heart okay so this is interesting so I, people some people might be listening they go okay and this is like this was literally my first experience when i called rob and i was like hey what's up man i got a message and then it's like this like it's like full speed right like rob's like it's awesome it's great yes, all gas no brakes yeah. and i'm like <laughs> holy smokes so somebody that that meets you or hears from you the first time they might think they might think oh man you must rob you must have been raised in uh you know uh, an evangelistic family and you've been you know you were raised in a uh, you know missionaries in, in africa or something like that and i'm saying this as encouragement to people nobody that not downplaying anybody that has had that experience i know pastor daniel comes from a deep roots right which Five is generations. which is awesome yeah. right we celebrate that but not all of us have had that experience yeah for me when it comes to for example things like in healthcare and healing rob some of us grew up in very dysfunctional families some of us grew up in very unhealthy families yeah. Uh, some of us might just have very unhealthy lifestyles that we're living and we think that's my destiny, right? I, I guess, you know, my, uh, I remember my mom telling me one time I was growing up, my, all of my uncles were overweight and my dad was overweight and they were alcoholics and anyway, and it was like my mom, I remember my mom saying one time, like, you know, Ben, you're going to be like that. And I was like, baloney. I mean, yeah. like that, like I'm in my head. I just remember like, what the heck are you saying? Right. Yeah. But not everybody rebukes that. Not everybody sees that differently. Right. Sure. So that's not your story. You know, and so I want people to hear a little bit about that so they can be encouraged. How do you end up being a guy that travels, you know, the globe and, and, and sees what you've seen and does what you do and helps, what, you know, the people that you help? Um, it's been a really interesting journey. Do you mind walking us through some of your story, you know, that you're comfortable sharing? Yeah. So my mom, you know, she grew up Roman Catholic. And so as a young boy, you know, that was the start of my of my journey. My mom would bring us to, you know, the Catholic Church and I would go to religion on Sundays before mass. And it wasn't until I was nine years old, um, my mom was invited to church with her sister. And my aunt was, she was saved. She was a born again Christian. And she, my mom had asked my aunt, you know, what do you want for your birthday? Okay. And my aunt said, I want you to come to church with me. Okay. And that was not the answer that my mom was expecting. <laughs> and she said, I do not want anything to do with church. I'll, I'll buy you any gift you want, but I do not want to go to church. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. I was a little boy. I, I don't know what the whole uh, conversation was, but yeah. my mom ended up going to church. And I remember at nine years old, 
my mom getting radically touched by the mm. Lord. And I remember leaving the church and walking to the parking lot and I could take you to the very mm. space that my mom's 1989 maroon Dodge caravan was parked. And I remember saying, mommy, are we going to come back next week? Mm. And with tears in her eyes, she said, yes, son, we're going to, we're going to come next week. And so that's really where it all started for me. And so obviously going as a, a nine-year-old little boy and, and, you know, I, I was that guy. I know you. I know you call me Rob Extra Ingy, but uh, I was that guy. So when there was a, a when there was a that. church play, I was you know I was I was Lazarus when I you know I was I was one of the wise men. Like I was I was always in a play. I was always involved. I was always engaged. I was always doing something. And you know, as I got into my teenage years, I went off that path. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, my mom remained faithful. Um, you know, just a single mom working eight to faint trying to provide for my sister and I and and all my mom would tell us is all I ever want for you and your sister is to serve God. And you know, I'm a mama's boy there. If, if my mom tells me to do something, I'll do it. I ain't got no shame in it. Um, I love my mom with all my heart. She's, she's hands down the most influential uh, person in my life. My, my walk of faith, um, the most amazing, believing, God-fearing woman, praying woman. I say all the time that I am on my feet because she was on her knees. Mm-hmm. If it was not for her, I would not be where I'm at. And so, you know, I, I went down that path and I did the things that teenage boys with no guidance, no spiritual development or influence do. And so, but it wasn't until I was 19, I had, I had a dream. And in this dream, uh, there were two young boys playing catch with a baseball and one of the young boys had got hit. And so I go over to the young boy and I, I said, oh my gosh, are you okay? And when I reached out my hand to touch this boy, the hand gripped my arm and the nails became black and pointy mm. and his flesh became red. And as I looked up the arm, like his flesh was just turning red. And as I looked into the face, it was the face of Satan. And he said, me and you are going to be really good friends and we're going to go places together. Now in the dream, without hesitation, I said, I'm no child of you. I'm the child of the most high God and we're not going anywhere together. And I woke up, but I was, I was, I was shivering. I was trembling. And some people say, oh, Rob, the devil's not some little red guy with mm-hmm. horns and a pitchfork. It's like, like I, I don't care what your theology is like that. That is what I experienced. Yeah. It shook me to my core. I remember getting in the shower and I just turned that thing on lobster because mm. I was so cold. Mm. And I mean, steam. And I just could not get warm. I was I was literally mm. trembling. And so I called my pastor. <laughs> what do you do when you have something like that? You call your pastor. So I called my pastor and I said, pastor, look, I just had this dream. And he said, well, Rob, I think it's, I think it's pretty evident, but um, let's pray into it and we'll talk at church on Sunday. So I see him at church on Sunday and he comes and he sits down to me. He says, Rob, you know, I really, I think this is, this is really serious. I think that, um, you know, the enemy is after you. And if you do not fully surrender, I think that, you, that he will take your life before your time. This is what we're dealing with. And so, you know, some people would take that and say, okay, you know, this is just, you know, my pastor, he's got my best interests. And, you know, my mom was there and she's all upset hearing it. But um, a few months prior to that, one of my mom's childhood friends, he, similar situation, just in and out of the church and, uh, you know, sinful lifestyle, partying, drugs, women, you know, good, good hearted guy, good intentioned guy would come to church on every Sunday. But, you know, he had received a similar word. He said, you know, Wayne, the enemy is after you. You have to fully surrender your life to the Lord. Otherwise, he's going to take your life before your time. 
And so a few months before my dream uh, and this prophetic word that I received from my pastor, uh, Wayne was driving home from a party on his bicycle and he was so intoxicated that he passed out mm. in the middle of the road and a tractor trailer ran over his head and mm. killed him. Mm. And so fast forward three months, I'm sitting there with my mom. My mom was at the funeral. This is one of her best friends mm. going up mm. and she's, she's undone. Not my baby, not mm. my mm. baby, Rob, you, you gotta change. You gotta change. And you know, nothing will tug at the strings of a man more than seeing his mom you know, mm-hmm. crying and hurting and broken, especially, like I said, a woman who's devoted her life to the things of God, who's been praying for me and for my sister and wanting us to serve God. That's all she ever wanted. And so I took that word and, you know, I wish I could say that the next day there was this amazing deliverance and I was set free. And but a couple months went by and we had this missionary evangelist from Liberia, West Africa, by the name of Joseph Bimba. And at the time, I didn't know what it was about this guy, but he was just just so powerful and dynamic. And when he spoke, like it just captivated me mm. and, and he just demonstrated the power of God. And, you know, and Africans, you know, he had this yellow suits and red suits and purple <laughs> shoots, mat, matching gator shoes. Like there was just something about him. And now I look back and I know it was the spirit of God on him. I know it was his calling. I know it was the anointing on him. And he was doing these revival services at our church. And having just the weight of what I was carrying, just the sinful lifestyle, just this knowing that God had called me for so much more. From the time that I was nine years old in that church, my pastor would say, Rob, you're an evangelist. Mm. Rob, you're an evangelist. Rob, you're an evangelist. And I, like, at, at that age, I didn't even know how to spell it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know right. what they did. But that's all that was spoken over my life from the time I was nine is you are going to be an evangelist. Your feet will touch foreign soil. You are going to lead millions of people to Christ. And, and I'm, I'm from a small podunk town in mm. upstate. New York population, 30,000, you know, when, when, when I say I'm from New York, people think New York city, but I'm from, I'm from, you know, farm country, you know, I I live on the outskirts of Syracuse, New York. So, you know, when I, when I would hear that, I'm like, yeah, Lord, but how, how do I connect a to B? How do I get from where I'm at now to that? Like, there's nothing in my path. There's nothing in my sight. There's nothing that I could literally put my hands to, to make any of that happen. And so I was just wandering, just trying to figure myself out. And so I have this uh, evangelists come to the church and, you know, he's doing this, you know, he's just preaching the gospel and, and, and he made an altar call and he said, if you want to fully surrender and yield and give your life to Christ, come. And I mean, I've made this trip, Dr. Ben, I don't know, more times than I could count, you know, you know, sometimes you just go up there just to make sure, you know, people say, if you die tomorrow, do you know where you're going? You're like, after this last week, I, to be honest with you, I don't know. And so you just go do the courtesy walk and you just say, you know, our Lord, you know, hear my prayer. But this time was different. This man, he didn't even touch me. And I was just on the ground weeping uncontrollably under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he stood over me and he said something to me that to this day I'll never forget. And he said, Sung, I just want to let you know that your father in heaven loves you. And when he said that, I felt this warm embrace. There was nobody around me. And a father's love that I'd, I'd never experienced up until that point. And I just began weeping and weeping and weeping. And I went home that night. It was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. I went home that night and I said, if there is anything in my possession that I own, that if Jesus himself was with me, would not want me to have, 
I want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want no remnant, no trace of anything that I used to involve myself in with the world. And so I grabbed CDs. I know those are becoming a foreign thing. But <laughs> CDs and VHS tapes and magazines and whatever it was that had any resemblance of my old life. I didn't want nothing to do with it. And so I took it all. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. There was, I, I looked at that stuff and how much it cost. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I did you know, there was a part of me that wanted to just hold on to it, you know, just maybe for a rainy day or, (laughs) but I was like, no, this is it. Enough is enough. And so I took it and I threw it all in the trash. And so, you know, this was, this was a a, a weekday service and he was there, the evangelist for an extended revival meetings. And so he was there that Sunday. And so my mom said, Rob, I want you to meet this guy. I was like, okay. You know, again, it's my mom. If she wants me to do it. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to do it. And so I remember the service getting over and I walked up to him. I literally, the, the first words out of my mouth were, sir, I will travel with you anywhere. Mm. If you want me to carry your bags, I'll carry your bags. If you want me to drive you somewhere, I'll drive you somewhere. If you want me to iron your clothes, you want me to carry your Bible, whatever it is that you want me to do, I'll do it. And he kind of chuckled and he said, why don't you schedule an appointment with my assistant and we'll talk. At the time I was, I was a sophomore in college. And, you know, I, I was getting ready to go to get my bachelor's degree. And, and at the time, I, again, I didn't really have much guidance. And I'm just like, man, what do I do with my life? And I thought, you know what, I'm going to be a teacher. I love investing in the next generation. I'm going to be a teacher. And so we have this meeting and I sit down and I, I tell him my story. I tell him what happened. I tell him what I'm doing with my life, where I'm going. And he says, uh, no, don't, don't, don't go to school to be a teacher. Go to school for business. I was like, okay. Literally from that conversation, I changed my degree and I went to school for business. I went to SUNY Albany in Albany, New York. And I started telling him about what I did. I went home and I took all my stuff and I threw it in the trash. And he's like, wait a second, you, you, you did that? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, who, who told you to do that? I said, nobody. I was like, I just did it because I felt like I needed to. He's like, son, you need to share your testimony in front of the church because I really believe that's going to impact a lot of people. I'm like, well, buddy, you you got the wrong guy. You know, I'm fresh off the floor and uh, I probably still got rug burns from the other night. I'm like, that's not my thing. I'm not a public speaker. Mm. I I, like that was personal. It was private. Mm. It was between Mm. me and God. Mm. And I'm content with keeping it that way. And so I go Sunday and I get up there nervous as nervous can be. And he says, church, this is really significant. He said, "Um, pastor, would you mind if I give this young man an assignment? And he says, yeah, of course. And he says, young man, I have an assignment for you. Will you do it? And, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And so this guy, he's an international evangelist mm. with an international ministry, just the wildest stories, like from the book of Acts. Mm. And I'm thinking like, man, this guy, he, he's going to take me up on my offer to travel with him and maybe assist him, you know? And he says, uh, okay, he's like, here's the assignment. I want you to clean the toilets in your church every single week until I tell you to stop. And I'm thinking... Well, that wasn't what I was expecting, but he said, and and the reason is, he said, because church, I see millions of souls coming into the kingdom of God through this young man, and he's going to elevate him in the nations, and God is going to use him with signs, wonders, and miracles, and he's he's gonna he's gonna impact the globe. And so again, I'm 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 nineteen twenty something years old, and I'm like, but I said, okay, I'll do it. And so I picked a Friday night, a night where I would normally just go out and wreak havoc. I picked a Friday night and I went and, uh, you know, one of the, one of the jobs that my mom had when I was, you know, growing up to help supplement her income was she, she started a cleaning business. And so she would work in a, in a factory 
And then in the evening, she'd come home, she'd feed us kids, and then she'd go back and she'd clean offices for hours. So if there's one thing that your boy knows how to do is I know how to clean and I can scrub some toilets. And so I took the assignment real personal. And so I would go there on a Friday night and I would spend hours in the, and it was a big building. So there was a lot of toilets and there were floors and mirrors and commodes, you, you name it. But, but it became so personal for me and it really became one of the most precious times between me and God. And I would clean those toilets like my life depended on it where you could, I could see my face in those guys and I swept and I mopped and I wiped the windows and I, I, I vacuumed and I just went above and beyond. And I'd spend hours and I would pray and I would weep and I would cry. And so I did it for a few weeks, no call from the evangelist. <laughs> I did it for a few months, no call from the evangelist. Nine months, 10 months, a year. And I'm thinking, this guy, is just some fly-by-night evangelist, blew into town, says this, you know, awe-inspiring word, and then I'm never going to hear from him again. And so it was about a year and a half went by, and I get a phone call. Hey, Robert, this is evangelist Joseph Bimba. I just wanted to, uh, to just, just check in and see how you're doing. I said, well, I'm doing, I'm doing good. He said, how is that assignment that I gave you? And I said, well, I'm, I'm still doing it. And he said, I know. And I thought, you know? Like, how would you know? I haven't heard from you in a year and a half. And he said, well, I've been calling your pastor every single month. And I've been checking in to see if you've done the assignment that I gave you. And he said that not only have you been doing it, but you've been faithful. You know, he can tell when you've been there. The atmosphere is different. He said, you are hands down one of the most faithful young men in his church. And he's so deeply impacted by what God is doing in your life. And so I would like for you to come. I would like for you to come to this conference that uh, my bishop is having in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'd love for you to meet my family. And I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. Like, look at what God is doing. And, you know, at that time I'm, you know, in college, I got a job. I, you know, I have a car, I got car insurance, I got bills and, you know, I'm paying, paying my own way, paving my path. And he was like, uh, you know, I'd love for you to come. And I'm like, wow, this is really nice of him. He's going to pay my way and he's going to fly me out there for a few days. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, you need to pay your own way and you need to take a leave from work and you need to take a leave from school. And I thought, there is no possible way that I'm going to be able to do this. Like I got too much going on in my life right now to put everything on pause because this guy, after a year and a half, wants me to come out to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, mind you, I'd never been out of the state of New York. Uh, but, but the more I marinated on it, Dr. Ben, I thought, I just, I can't, I can't escape. I got to do it. And so I, I took a leave from school. I took a leave from work. I bought my plane ticket and I flew out to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I, I went to this conference and met his bishop. And from there, just this beautiful relationship developed and it became more father-son and, and mentor and disciple. So here's, here's what I, I want listeners to hear. You hear a story like this and you go, you know, that's amazing. One of uh, our, our mission, vision, values of our own office happens to be in the room we're taping in today. And one of the last ones, our values, is that I believe all people have inherent value and a divine purpose, right? And we'll treat them as such. One of the things we try to do in our office, I don't care who you are, where you are, what you do, how, you know, how much money you have, don't have, whatever. So what happened to you is an amazing story, but it, but it isn't. It's available for everybody. What I mean by that is you put yourself in a position to have that happen. Now, yes, you had a mama that drug you to the church, <laughs> but at some point you kept showing up and cleaning those toilets. This is the part of the story. This is, this is why I wanted to have you on, Rob, because a lot of times, especially in healthcare where I'm at, 
everybody wants the quick fix, yeah. right? They want, they want to know, and I know your personal life. I know, you know, your, your personal health routines and, you know, your workout and all that stuff. I know you take that very serious. People don't often see that, right? They see the, they see the crusade with a million people there. For they sure. see, they hear the 85 million number. They, you know, offices all over, you know, the airplane rides to what, that's what they see. And they think it came easy yet. They've never put themselves in a position to have an encounter like that. Now, listen, our God is amazing, meaning like sometimes he just does it, man. He, yeah. he wipes you out. Like, you know, you've seen, you know, miracles in the field. You know, I've seen them at the church. I've seen them in my office. Yeah. But I've also seen just the natural process of time. God made that too, yeah. right? And if I want to lose, you know, I remember I had a patient one time, just a, like a really cool dude, like a chill guy. He's a musician. And um, he said, you know, doctor, this is crazy. I never, I don't think I ever told you this, Rob. He said, um, he was at a service one time and, and an event, I think an evangelist was there or like a, a, a minister that does healing. And he said, um, he goes, honestly, Ben, I didn't really believe that that, like that, that, that still happened. Okay. <laughs> and he said, I was playing in, he played in the band. And the, the, so he was on the stage and the, the, the guy was ministering and he said, I saw a guy in the balcony and this minute he was started ministering about like, about like losing weight. And this guy's body lost like a hundred pounds in the service wow. and he came down and he was like he was holding his pants over him like his shirt was all hanging on yeah. him now he was all like sweat sweating and stuff but here's what happened rob he said because we were just talking about this with my friend the other day he goes it changed his life because he saw it happen in front of his own eyes sure. right you couldn't deny it once it happened undeniable he said but here's what happened he goes i never told it. he goes you know the rest of the story ben that guy died about a year and a half later of a heart attack because he didn't change the rest mm. of his life right yeah you know, when you hear about, and I think about like that year and a half of washing toilets or that night with those moments in your head where you're like, you know what, is this guy just full of crap? You know, is this guy just using me? Yeah. You, know, you even hear this in ministry sometimes, right? They just want me to serve, but there's yeah. no, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. And I'm sure there's examples of that being true. So I'm not denying the reality of that happening. But listen, if we let that keep us away from the call God has on our life, well, we're going to miss it. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, that's, all, that's good for Rob or his family or good for him. But I, I just want to encourage you, like if you've never even found yourself in a position to be on your face with the Lord, and I know this is a little different than the shows we normally do, guys, but like I want you to understand, like then you, you, might, you don't even know what you're missing. Sometimes you just got to show up. You just got to yeah. drag yourself or get dragged to a place to put yourself in, in, a, in a situation to have an encounter with the Lord. He, it says he knocks right? But it, it's us, it's us that opened the door. Yeah. And, and, and so if you're listening to this and you feel like, man, I'm just in a rut, you know, nothing's happening in my life. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm forgotten. You know, that the word that you said when you were on the floor and that you said, you did, he says, you know, I want you to know how much your heavenly father loves you. And you felt that warm embrace. I will tell you again, anybody that's listening to this, you all have a heavenly father, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what your story and no matter what, how bad you've been and what you've done and all of those things, um, that can prevent us from ever actually going into what God has for us. And so you get, so Rob, you, all of a sudden now you're that it does start to happen. You're traveling with this guy. I know that you, you know, you had some amazing experiences with that. Um, you know, got to see some things you never thought you'd see, got to have some experiences you never thought you'd experience. Yeah. What, what's, what, where, what goes from there? You're probably thinking, okay, here it is. All the, all the promises are coming true, <laughs> right? It's, it's all up, yeah. up here from here. And yeah, well, you know, they say that you can't have a testimony without a test. Okay. And so uh, just to speak to your point, though, mm -hmm, Dr. Mm -hmm. Ben, everything that you said is is right on. But I think it's important for the listeners to understand that God is, you know, God has done amazing things with my life. And I will be the first to admit that I'm so undeserving 
and I am so unqualified, mm. and, and I'm not trying to, you know, right. be all, all the super, yeah, false humility or anything like that. I am being honest. Like, he is no respecter of persons. And I think one of the most undervalued characteristic that just people often overlook is faithfulness. God honors faithfulness. He doesn't say on that day when you stand before him that he's going to say, job well done, my good, and you had the largest platform servant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you had this many degrees. Or you had this much money. Or you came from this background. Or you went to this church or were a part of this denomination. He says, job well done, my good and faithful servant. Of all the words he could use. Right. He uses the words faithful. I've been ignorantly faithful Mm, mm. in everything that he has asked me to do. And in my faithfulness, it has guided me and it has led me to where I am today. And so, yeah, I cleaned those toilets for a year, a year and a half. And then I would, I went, I went back to school and I got my business degree and I kept serving in that local church. And when that evangelist would come into town, I would go and assist him. I mean, it was maybe once every few months, but I would go to, you know, Cortland, New York or Utica or Rome, and he'd have a little revival service and I would just serve. And now that I'm in the position that I'm in, I truly believe that service is the pathway to your God-given purpose. Mm. Just serve. But see, brother, here's, and I, I've talked to you about this, and I know we joke on tech sometimes because of, you know, the role that you're in, even though you work for a, ma- a major evangelist, you know, worldwide ministry. And in and, 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 and this time that we live in, Rob, with, you know, you know this self-glory culture, right, and, and selfie culture, and look at me, right, and yeah. everybody wants the stage and the, and the platform, and, and, and listen, we need those people, right? Prophets, kings, and priests. Like, we need all of them. But it's, it's so critical, like you said. And, you know, and I, see, I think we get this backwards, you guys. We, we'll say to ourselves, you know what? Once, once this happens, then I'll, then I'll serve, right? When I get called to the big show, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Pick, yeah, yeah. You know, when I get to speak here, yeah. you know, or I don't even know how it works in your world, <laughs> but something like that, right? Yeah. But the reality is that is those flashing and pants, it never works out. You've been around long enough For sure. to watch, you know, the one hit wonders, you know, the, yeah. the guys and gals that burn out or that, yep. right, they think they're all in, but they wanted, they were in it for a different reason, mm. right? Yeah. Because no matter what, you know, because it says, I think it was in as it Hebrews 11, where, and I'm just going to paraphrase, where it basically says like, there was, you know, monsters of the faith, those that went before us that never got to see the promises come true. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to they see them now, but in their lifetime, they didn't get to see that. There's some of us and our call will just be simply for our next generation, for yeah. our kids, kids, kids. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, we don't, we're not doing it for what we get out of it yeah. right? in the moment. Now, sometimes it turns into amazing things, but sometimes dude, it's just the grind. Your mom's life. I was literally uh, just yeah. going to say that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, my mom, she was just uh, up until this day. She, she lives in our home with my wife and I, she helps us with the kids and my mom's greatest calling in ministry. Well, what, but like some, most people would look at my mom's walk with the Lord and think, Oh, like that was, that was meaningless. It was mm. nothing. Mm. I said, mom, it wasn't what you did in ministry. It was who you raised. And so if there's a listener out there, maybe you're a single mom or, mm-hmm. or you, you, you have a job and you think that it's significant, sometimes it's just those prayers that you're praying. 
and the children that you're raising or the example that you're setting that is going to make more of a profound impact than that televangelist that you're watching on TV who has a totally different lifestyle than what might be being displayed on the television, you know? So again, it's the things that, the longer I do this, Dr. Ben, I realize the things that we as individuals put the highest value on in the sight of God Mm. are really the least. And then, Rob, okay, let's let me let me let me get into this because you. I had a, a guy on the other day. He's a doctor uh, and he is a cardiologist, pediatric cardiologist. So he does a lot of medical missions. Yeah. So he flies into the you know these crazy places and and I said you know and he's a he's also a pastor. But he said he said you know it's really had an impact on me because and I I know you you know you have a church here, Nason's Church here in Orlando, right? That's we part do. of CFAN, right? Yep. Um, it's a local church, right? Uh, um, heart of an evangelist, you know, obviously with, with Daniel, but it's, it's a church, local church. And then, you know, you'll go over and, and go to these massive crusades, right? For, you know, five, 10 days in a row and all over the you know, continents and all over the world. But there has to be such a contrast. And this is what I am curious about because f- f- you've gotten to see things that a lot of people haven't seen, not just the healings and signs and wonders. And that's amazing. We could talk about that. I'm imagining. I've done some work in Africa, some missionary work there, medical missionary work, but I've I've I haven't done the crusade stuff. But you watch. I remember when people would hear these stories, and people would like walk for like five days to get to the clinic. Right? They got yeah. nothing. They got yep. nothing. I went to leprosy colonies in the middle of the woods. I'd go to what they call the hospital. We walked to floors, and it was like you wouldn't call it a hospital. It would be condemned if it yeah. was here. Like oh, it wouldn't even be sure. able to be open. So it's this crazy thing, right? But then we live in America sometimes, and I know your wife is here, and, and my wife helps uh, volunteer setting up the church and stuff. I know your, your wife does a lot of the hospitality stuff. Like the stuff we have, to, the stuff we do sometimes here in America to try to get people, like to, as we're like almost begging them yeah, to come to church, to like woo them. Here's donuts. Yeah. Here's coffee. Here's yeah. childcare. Here's yeah. T-shirts. Here's warm air. Here's you know all this stuff. It's like yet you go over there. I say over there. You know these yeah. these other countries. Yeah, developing countries. And, and developing countries. And it, I remember it messed me up when I got back from Africa the, the first time. How have you reckoned, like, what is that in your head? Like the, is it, is it hard? Is it, what would you, I don't even, I'm not even know the question, Rob. I'm just like, you go there and you see people that are so sold out, yeah. right? Cause they just got their life transformed by the living God. Yeah. Right. And over here we're like, well, um, you know what? I'm going to cut out a little early cause my favorite football team is on, yeah. you know, or whatever. So how do you reconcile the, the international work that you do, mm-hmm. right? And with, with pastor and everybody and, and the team. And then when you come back to, you know, America, yeah. you know, and we hit Starbucks and, you know, and. What you're really speaking to and what I see, you know, internationally, like what the difference would be is just hunger, mm. you know, and what you feed will grow. And so here there are so many things contending for our attention, for our time. And, you know, and, and some of them are good things. But over there, there, there's not, you know, they, if they don't trust and if they don't have the faith to believe, like it, it may not come, you know. It's like life and death, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah. And, and oftentimes it is. Yeah. And so, you know, again, it's just the hunger. And, you know, as an evangelist, you'll go to different countries and, you know, the locals will say, this is the graveyard of evangelists. Mm. The message that you carry doesn't work here. Mm. Well, I hate to break it to you. I mean, I've been to most continents, <laughs> a lot of countries, and it works everywhere. I haven't seen it yet. I, I've not, <laughs> I've not seen it fail one time. And again, the more those things you give those things your attention, those are, you know, like you said, what you feed grows. And so, you know, you idolize those things, and you put your faith in those things, you put your trust in those things. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it in the field of medicine. Yeah, it's it is hard because it and, and again, I, I as we make this, you know, for our listeners, like I, what I want you to know, what I want you to hear, because okay, so for the healthcare side of it, Rob, I would say, 
that faithfulness, you know, I know you, you know, fitness guy and, and work out a lot. And I've heard it said, um, you know, abs are made in the kitchen, not yes. the gym, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Now we yeah, all want to, you know. That's why I have flabs, <laughs> not abs. But, but, and plus my <laughs> wife doesn't help either because if you walk into our pantry, it looks yeah. like a, oh, a children's classroom snack. Oh, you're doing that. Oh, this is like shop. Adam in the garden blame the wife. Listen, well, I'd have listen, abs. Listen, if the shoe fits. Here we go. Wow. <laughs> The other day, you know, she said, babe, let's do like a family workout with the kids. I'm like, okay. So I pick a little workout where it's just body movements, some push-ups, alternating lunges. And so, you know, we did it and, and I, I give her credit. Like it's, she, she's, she's a beautiful, slim, slender woman. She does not need to work out at all. But, um, you know, so she goes out there, she suffers through it with us. And, you know, my kids, they, they got my addictive personality. So my daughter's like, dad, let's do more burpees. I'm like, all right, let's go for it. And then Jacoby's like, yeah, dad, I'm gonna go run two miles. I'm like, awesome. And then she's like, I am, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going in the house. So me and the kids get done and we walk into the house and this girl's eating an ice cream sandwich. I'm like, babe, really? Like, you know, I was just talking about this the other day. The first time I did, uh, they did like, they had the corporate 5k downtown Orlando, yeah. like the IO, the, the, the race. So I did with the group and I've, I've done a couple half marathons, but I'd never done this. And so we run it and I get done and, or I get, when I get there, they gave you two tickets. And I was like, what are these tickets for? And they're like, it's, it's for beer. I was like, I just ran. <laughs> like I'm the last thing I thinking. And then, but I, apparently that's a thing. Yeah. You know, I people, mean, go to Planet <laughs> Fitness. They got pizza day, donut day. You're like, wait a second. Like, but my point in this conversation was, you know, as we, this isn't about a, a, a this isn't about a legalistic life yeah. and this isn't about a religion. It's about a relationship. However, it's important that we're not ignorant to that. Sure. Meg knows, you know, you're Meg, my wife's the same name. What I say to somebody, I don't really, I just, you know, she's under no illusion that like eating the ice cream sandwich after we work out is what we should probably be doing. You know what I mean? Right. It's the, it's, so what my point in that is when we're off of, when we're making decisions that we know aren't necessarily great for us, that awareness, that discernment is what's important, right? When you're sure. talking about when you gave your life at nine, but then you were making other decisions, you always knew that you shouldn't be doing what you were doing, Absolutely. right? You had that conviction. So my prayer often for patience is, listen, a lot of the things that you need to do in your life, um, if you're ignorant about them, like that, hey, that nobody, you can't, you know, I get it. You didn't know. That part I understand. But when we come under this understanding that body is designed to heal, yeah. God created us as in likeness and image, right? That, um, that you can heal. But I, Rob, I do want you to talk about healing for a second from the perspective that you've seen happen. Because, and I saw this happen when I was there, we are weird in the U.S. It's yeah. like we are, we're addicted to pills. We're addicted to medical diet, you know, right? Just yeah. like, I need to see the fancy doctor. I need to see the fancy diet. You know? And I'm not always completely opposed to that, but man, we've really made a, a, an idol of that. So it's almost like in America, I have to like convince people that they can heal sometimes. It's like half my job, like, hey, I'm just reminding you, I don't care what was spoken into, you know, you can heal. I don't care what label you were giving. What yeah. are some of the things that you've seen just, and I really want to just give you this a second, Rob, to just say, like, what are just some of the things you've seen that are pretty amazing stories that would, and I'm saying this to people to expand their belief in healing. Yeah, sure. Right? Now, some won't believe this. Some are going to listen to this and think that's impossible. Some people don't think that miracles still happen. You know what I mean? That's okay. Yeah. For those of you, plug yours for a few minutes while we talk <laughs> about it. But for those people that are hungry, like yeah. you said, they have a hunger. They want, they want that to happen. They want that need that in their life. What would you say just to encourage them? Yeah, I mean, I would I would give them the words of of Jesus himself. It says in Matthew 10:8, "Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give." So, when we go to Africa or Asia or Europe or South America or, or in the US, 
that's our, those are our marching orders from Jesus himself. He has given us the power through his spirit to heal the sick. So it's not, a, it's not evangelist Reinhard Bonnke. It's not Dr. Ben Rawl. Sure. It's not evangelist Daniel Kalenda or Rob Inge or anybody who stands up there under the name of Jesus. It's, it's him who does it. And so the science behind it sure. and the why and the who, I mean, you know, we, we've seen amazing miracles. I've seen the blind eyes open, deaf people here, massive tumors literally just disappear and fall off. One gentleman came to a crusade, he'd swallowed a coin. And as the prayer time was going, he literally came up and held the coin with, mm. you know, still vomit on his mouth. I mean, the lame people walk, crutches, paralytics who can't feel. Their, their family members brought them there on a mat, uh, you know, end up walking and come and testify. People stand up out of wheelchairs. The dead babies come into life. I mean, you name it. There's And I mean, uh, you know, teeth. You know, issues with the teeth, mm -hmm. blood pressure, uh, barren wombs. I mean, there's literally, I mean, God can do what he wants, when he wants, to who he wants. You know, and, and one, of the, one, of the, one of the more difficult things is we see all these amazing miracles, but for every one we see, there's dozens and dozens mm -hmm. that don't get healed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get, walk off the platform and, you know, there's, there's a dead body, mm -hmm. you know, because literally they'll bring, they'll bring the yeah. dead, yeah. believing that, you know, that happened to my wife, her first time in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. You know, she, uh, evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, it was his farewell crusade. There was a time to minister for uh, the sick. And, you know, he said, I want you to partner up with the individual next to you and share your heart on what you're expecting God to do and, and how he's expecting you to heal you. And, you know, it's her first international trip. It's her first time in Nigeria. And she's explaining how she didn't feel well and, you know, asking this woman to pray. And she's like, well, how can I pray for you? She said, well, you see that gentleman sitting over there. That's my son. He's dead. And I, I carried him here miles and I placed him in that chair because I'm believing God to heal them. It's that Western mindset mm. of like the things that we think yeah. are, are so, you know, difficult and hard and challenging and here this woman and she was smiling and she was believing and she had the faith to believe that God would heal her son, her dead son, literally sitting there, rigor mortis set in just gray, just sitting there propped up in the chair. Like, you know, like it was yeah. like it was nothing. And unfortunately that didn't happen. Yeah. But you know, again, at the end of the day, that's, that's not, that's not what yeah, we're not in charge of the results. Not, of it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the results are not up to us. We just got to go and do the things that he told us to do. And our marching orders are clear and it's to heal the sick. Um, there was this, this, this church in, in Zimbabwe and they had had, they had had somebody that had raised from the dead. Now, again, yeah. I know some people are listening to this thinking this is crazy talk, but, yeah. but this is what happened. And it happened to this. Come with us to Africa yeah. anytime you want. <laughs> if you don't think demons are real, yeah. well, you don't think the miracles are for today. And you guys you are very transparent. We'll, I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen the videos. We share yeah. them a lot at the church. <laughs> like sure. you go in the field, they just watch it happen. Yeah. You know, but, um, if it doesn't happen, it's a, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. The, and this, they had somebody, they had brought a pastor to the town and prayed for somebody that had died. And the person came back to life. So this whole tribe got saved. Yeah. It changed their life. So they started coming to the church, but this was a very, this was like people, they didn't have, they weren't used to toilets. They didn't know how to use restrooms like it was, right? So they came to, when they came to this church that had that, they were making a mess. And what was interesting is it created a problem and some people didn't want them there. Right, and I'm just thinking about as I'm listening to this story, how fast we can can quench the Holy Spirit. He's in charge of the all else. We seek, we open up. I don't know. It's like in my office. It's like at any given moment there can be a, a, a billionaire sitting next to a homeless guy, right? Yeah. In my office, literally. And I and I mean my staff sometimes it drives me crazy. Not drives me crazy, but they always ask me. I'm like I'll say I don't say no to anybody. It's like when I found out you said that about the evangelists, you know, and helping help them out and taking care of them. Yeah. I'm like yeah, I'll take care of them. I'm like. 
like, well, how much? I'm like, nothing. I don't care. Like th- God will take care of me. Always has, always will. Yeah. I've never missed a beat on that. Right. But the minute I'm, I have more fear about the minute I start to try to control it, yeah. watch out. The minute I start to manufacture it, the minute I think I'm the healer, the minute I think I'm going to figure dangerous. this out or I got it going yeah. on or look at me or only if I'm there, um, that kind of a thing. And I know that's, what's interesting that you guys have done in, in the, in the evangelism, because a lot of evangelism has become so person focused. It can become sure. so, per- and I don't not denying the gifts of that, but the multiplication that you guys have done with, um, through, you know, CFAN training up evangelists, you know, doing 20, 30 crusades at a time in a, in a middle, you know, having hundreds of thousands of people get saved. What would you say to, you know, the listener, first of all, maybe just the, in the, per, the personal, this person listening to this, they've given up, you know, there's no hope for me. You, for you know, sure. I don't, I, I've tried to be faithful, Rob. I don't know. I, yeah. I quit. I give up. I'm angry at God. I don't yeah. know. What do you say to that person? You know, what, what would you speak to them? Because they're sitting there listening, man. They don't think they can heal, Rob. They don't think they're, yeah. they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Maybe they're at the end of their rope even. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say stop believing the lies of the devil because he is a liar. The Bible says that he's the father of all lies. I, I felt the same way. I mm-hmm. felt lost. I felt lonely. I was depressed. I was broken. I felt abandoned. I've experienced betrayal. I've experienced the most heart-shattering loss and grief and everything that a human being can possibly feel, I've felt. Now being on the other side and having God serve so faithfully. First, I want to apologize if someone from the church, a church leader, a man of God, Mm. a, a woman of God hurt you, wronged you, lied to you, we are, we, we all fall short. And, and, and so I'll be the first to say that, but equally there's a hope and that hope is in Jesus. And I've literally seen his faithfulness, no matter your background, your upbringing, your, your walk of life, it doesn't matter. He is faithful. And if you would just yield and you will just trust, just like I had to just cry out to him, and just say, Lord, I don't got it all figured out. Look, the hospitals aren't for the healthy mm-hmm. and the church isn't for the perfect. And so again, and I know in, in this modern Western world, you know, like you were explaining in your own practice that sometimes we can, yeah. we get on our high horse yeah. and we're self-righteous and we think that it's something that we did. Trust, I assure you, it is nothing that we did or what you could have done. And I often say, if you were the only one, look, mm-hmm. when he died on the cross, he, he said, it is finished. It's done. He knew then what you're walking through, what you're struggling with, what you're addicted to, the choices that you've made. And he said, you are enough. Mm. And that's the message I want you to hear today. You are enough. It's not too late. You, you're, you're not too far gone. He still loves you. And if you were the only person on the planet earth, he would have died for you anyway. And he took your sin upon him. He was sinless. He was blameless. But he said, no, you're enough. And so I pray today that you have a revelation of his love. I pray today that you'll give him another chance because even though you may have given up on him, he has not given Mm -hmm. up on you. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says, I stand at the door and knock. So that door might have been shut. It might have been closed. You may have dead bolted it. You may have soldered it. You may have put other doors over it to try to keep them out. But I'm telling you today, if you will open up the door, he will flood your heart like he flooded mine. Unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness for those who've wronged you, who have hurt you will come into your heart. That burden that you've been carrying, maybe necessarily and maybe even unnecessarily, whatever door 
doors that you've opened, whatever you have put your hands to, he will set you free. And the Bible says that who the son is set free is free indeed. He will break every chain. He will heal you. He'll touch you. He'll deliver you. He'll make every crooked path straight if you will allow him to. And so what I'm telling you, you even can feel it right now through these airways. His arm is not short. He, you do not need to be listened to a preacher on the pulpit. You don't need to be listened to a Christian podcast. Your time is now. If you will open your heart and if you will surrender and if you will just say yes, that's all he's asking for. Three simple letters, one word, yes. He didn't do it for me because I was some cool guy from New York or because, you know, you're uh, Dr. Ben yeah. from South Dakota and we right. were anything special. It's probably <laughs> the polar opposite. And, and I promise you, if you will, you will be, you'll, you'll marvel at the outcomes. And so just obey and let Amen. him do what he wants to do in your life. Amen. I know that you're not about this, Rob, but I want people because here is the reality. Some people are listening to this. They don't have a church. They don't have a home. They don't have anybody. They're the first in their family to ever hear a message like this. Like you said, they don't even know why they listen to this whole thing. Yeah. And if you made it into 50 minutes of this and you got there, like, I just, I know too much to know that that's not an accident. For sure. So how do they follow you? And I say follow you, you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. do they stay up? To, I know you're, you know, you're always serving and doing your thing. And they might have just listened to this and really uh, resonated with what you said. Yeah. Is there a way they can kind of follow along with you or stay in touch with you? Or how what are you comfortable sharing there? Yeah, for sure. You can follow me on my socials, okay. Facebook. It's Rob Inge. My last name is spelled E-N-G-E. Okay. And then on Instagram, Rob Inge with a three, because I'm a third. Okay. And yeah. then... They can also stream the church. I know Absolutely. that the church streams. Um, yep. So what's the best resource for CFAN or Nations? Yeah, so you can go to our CFAN website, which is cfan.org, okay. or our Nations Church website, which is wearenations.church. Okay. And so we have a church here in Orlando, Florida. We meet every Sunday at Olympia High School. We have two services, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And again, if you're looking for a church and you just want to get connected, yeah. you want to be part of a community, you want to just be around Bible-believing Christians that believe the Word of God for what it is, but also have a heart for the nations, not only the neighborhoods, but the nations of the world, we would, we would love to meet you, shake hands with you, hug you, love you, disciple you, just as we marvel at what God's doing in our life, we'd love to come alongside you and marvel at what God is doing, not only in your life, but in your family's life as well. Well, brother, I, I tell you, for your first podcast, <laughs> I think you did all right. Well, all I right? appreciate that. And your I stamp think of approval means you're, a lot you're, to me. I knew I was supposed to have you on the podcast. I didn't really, you know, like you said, it's a little diversion from what we normally do, um, meaning that we didn't have a specific health topic to talk about. But I knew that people needed to, 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 to be ministered to, and they need to know that, that, that God hasn't forgotten about them. And so thank you for just being transparent. Thank you for answering that call at your nine. Thank you for your mama that kept dragging you to church, right? Sure. Thank you for being faithful, right? And I know you're, you're young. We've got a birthday coming up this weekend, but, but I know that he's not done with you, right? And that's part of faith, mm -hmm. right? That's part of knowing that he still has plans for us, right? It says that he has plans for us before we were even born. Uh, good mm -hmm. works for us to walk out in, things that he laid ahead for us. And so Again, be encouraged by this. If you are even listening to this and you're feeling like it's slipping through the cracks a little bit, like excuses start coming up. Like he said, that is the enemy speaking to you. I assure you that is not the voice of the Lord. He doesn't, that's not how he talks to his children. It says the, 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 the sheep will hear my voice. And so just, just press into that, get connected, reach out, reach out to Rob, reach out to the church, find local people. There's a lot of people, great people out there to learn from. So Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate your heart. I appreciate Megan and the kids and what you're doing here at Achieve Wellness. Um, you have honestly become one of my dearest, closest friends. I know we give each other a lot of heck, you know, <laughs> but I appreciate the opportunity 
you opening up your platform for me to just come and share my heart. Love you like crazy. Love and too, and hopefully we can do this again soon. There's only so many people that you're a lot of my five o'clock AM texters, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? You know, yeah, it's exactly. like, say, who's, 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 who, who can I get yep. riled up with at five o'clock? It's Rob on a treadmill or yep. something sending me, you know, workout picks. <laughs> you know? I'm praying for him. Thank you, brother. Have a beautiful day. Happy beautiful. birthday to you. And Thank I can't you. wait to see what God's going to do next. Likewise. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.